Welcome to the Teacher and the Preacher. This program is all about the importance of coming to understand that the Christian community and the Jewish community have more in common than we have been led to believe. Rather than seeing each other as against each other, we need to come to a point of seeing that the statement that our country is a Judeo-Christian nation is much more than just a mere statement, but truly reflects the reality of our nation as it was and should remain. Every week there will be an interesting dialogue about the issues that have divided Jews and Christians and how we can move in bridging the gaps and see that by talking about the issues, we can better move in the direction of having more unity. Unity that will heal and help bring together a nation that is under attack by the forces of atheism, secularism, and a breakdown of family values. Join us now for a discussion between the teacher and the preacher. Welcome to the teacher and the preacher. I'm the teacher, Harold Berman. And I'm the preacher, Dave Magira. Sometimes we have shows that are, we hope, uplifting. Sometimes we have shows that are, are less uplifting. And this is one of these shows maybe on the less uplifting side, but nevertheless very meaningful and uh, really poignant and hopefully, I think, lessons for our times. So we're going to talk about, it's a Jewish, uh, I don't even want to say holiday because it's not a holiday in the sense of a happy day. It's actually a fast day uh, called Tisha B'Av. Av is a month in the Hebrew calendar. Uh, Tisha B'Av really just means uh, in Hebrew, it's the ninth day of Av. And as we're going to be discussing, all kinds of tragedies uh, happen to the Jewish people on this day from the time of the first temple, really to almost today. And we're going to talk about what this means. It's mentioned in the Bible and where, where this is going. Hey, good to be with you this week, Harold. I'm Absolutely. Grateful. You know, for those who may be first time listeners to the teacher and the preacher, We'll give you just a little bit of background, because here we have a Christian pastor and an Orthodox Jew, and we're going to talk about this uh, day of remembrance, this day of observance, this uh, significant downer day, and what's behind it. And I love the fact that you clarified that it's really not, you know, one of the festival holidays, but nevertheless a very important day in the in the life of the Jews. But, you know, Harold and I use this program week after week to build bridges between Christians and Jews. It's intended to be very educational, and I think this is one of those topics that really turns the lights on. And I think maybe one of the pieces that's worth considering during this conversation, Harold, is, you know, what what meaning does this have for Christians, you know? What, what, should, what should Christians be encouraged to consider uh, as they learn about this? Because I really think that one of the things that this particular day of uh, you know, observance really brings with it is this reminder of taking personal deep inventory because this is going to lead us into, you know, what we're going to be talking about in another week and some of the things going forward as we head into this particular time of year on the Jewish calendar. So I think this is going to be a great conversation today. So when we've got Tish B'Av, it's really kind of the culmination of this three-week period of increasing mourning. We talk about increasing mourning because – it seems at this point on, it, it continues to really be the theme for several weeks as we move towards Yom Kippur. And one of the things I think that is important for our listeners is to recognize the part and the role that the Jewish calendar plays in, in the life of the Jewish people. Because there's, I mean, the, the calendar dictates pretty much what, what the, is going to be coming up next, how we prepare for it, how we how we observe that. I mean, this it plays a big role, doesn't it? 
It, it plays a huge role, and this starts right uh, in the Torah. The first commandment God gives the Jews when they come out of Egypt is to sanctify the new moon, which is the you know basically sanctify the the month and. All of the holidays are based on that. There's when you determine based on where the moon is, because it's a, a modified lunar calendar. When you when you look find out when, based on that, the month starts. Then whether something's on the ninth of the month or the fifteenth of the month, all flows from that. So it's actually a very exacting, detailed process. So this particular day, the ninth day of Av, uh, on our calendar this year. Uh, we've already just recently passed that date, haven't we? Right. Just exactly a week ago. So let's talk for a few minutes about what that consisted of for you, because for anyone who's done their homework, this is really about a, a, a real time of remembrance, but there's purpose in that. And part of observing that is that there is a variety of restrictions that are to be acknowledged and applied as the ninth of Av comes into being, what would some of those things that you would refrain from doing on that day that sets it apart from other days? So the ninth of Av and several other fast days have their origin in the Bible, and we'll we'll, we'll get to that as well uh, where, where it comes from. There are many tragedies that happened on this day, which we'll also get to uh, most significantly probably uh, is both the first and second temple were destroyed on the ninth of Av. So it's very much a day of mourning. Uh, today, we still don't have the temple. It's still uh, waiting to be rebuilt. And on top of that, and I'd like to talk about this as well later, uh, the Muslims very much still have control over what we call the Temple Mount, what they call Al-Aqsa. So we're, we're not there yet, and it's still a time for mourning. So that mourning primarily consists of, there are a number of restrictions, if you will, but the main thing is fasting. Fasting in Judaism is a sign of mourning. Uh, it, it can be other things as well. Uh, it can be a sign of repentance, as in uh, Yom Kippur. But it's often a sign of mourning. And uh, in fact, it's the only all day, uh, by all day, I mean dusk to dusk fast in the Jewish calendar, calendar other than Yom Kippur. The other fasts are all just uh, ba- basically dawn to dusk. They're shorter. So Yom Kippur, in fact, in Judaism is referred to as the white fast. It's uh, white is a, a metaphor. It's really about repentance and about becoming pure before God. Tishabov is called the Black Fast. It's, it, this is just about mourning. There's really not, at least at this time, the, in, in the future time, the, it will become a re- day of rejoicing. We'll talk about that. But at this point, there, there's just nothing uh, uplifting about it. it. It's a real, as you said earlier, it's a downer of a day. It's a time we primarily remember the destruction of the temple and what we've lost and what we still don't have, uh, despite the uh, historic return of the Jewish people in modern times, and as well as a number of tragedies that happened since then on the ninth of Av. So, said it's a day of fasting, it's a day of reflection, and it's it's a day that really it's it's something that I think for every religious Jew is one of the most important parts of the calendar. So you don't work on that day. Don't work. Uh, there are different. There are different ideas on that, but usually people at least don't work in the morning, and then by the afternoon you're at the tail end of the fast. So any work you might do is uh, you may as well not. <laughs> yeah. Well, this particular day, there's not 
much laughter. There's certainly no celebration. This is intentional lament. This is one of those things where we are really factoring in the loss that's that's still weighted on on a heavy level. And you just made reference to that by the fact that of the reminder that the, there is no temple right now. Yeah, and actually, I should mention the uh, what is read in the synagogue on Tishabav is the Book of Lamentations in Hebrew Echa. It's chanted in a very mournful uh, tune. And if any, if you haven't read the Book of Lamentations or haven't read it in a while, go take a look. It's probably the biggest downer in the entire Bible, or, or certainly right up there, contending for one of the top three. It's all about the destruction of Jerusalem and paints in graphic, graphic detail the destruction, uh, the carnage, uh, just people's utter desolation. Uh, so uh, th- there's just nothing you can read in the book of uh, Lamentations other than, again, a future redemption, which it talks about. But as far as the present time, there's nothing you can read in there that you can you can take away as anything but a downer. Would you say that basically the mindset of the Jew as the ninth is approaching is one of, you know, I'm really dreading this. I I, I just, you know, want to get this over with. Or or is it really one of those things that is, you know, this is uh, such an important reminder because we never want to forget what actually took place. I mean, there's got to be probably, I know that that's a wide spectrum of, of feelings, but maybe it's a mixture of both. Well, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It really is a mixture of both. On the one hand, there's this poignancy to the day that you you want to really use it as a time of reflection. You you don't want to just rush through it. But there also, particularly in the days leading up to it, because so many things have happened throughout Jewish history on the 9th of Av and the days leading up to the 9th of Av, including this year, by the way, in at least in Israel, that there is this feeling also of trepidation of what's going to happen, you know, where, where is this going? Because, because again, the, the redemption for, for both uh, Jews and Christians, we're, we're not there uh, at the final redemption. So there's this feeling of, you know, gee, this is not a time that uh, good things have happened in the past. So there, there's always that that worry, I guess, that concern. You know, one of the things that I think is a real part of our lives, and it's certainly part of our churches, and I'm sure that this is a big piece of Judaism as well, is how much of our past do we carry into the future with us, and how much of our past do we just cut loose and, and, and let it go and put it in the rearview mirror? Those are big decisions, because I do think that there are those things that are imperative that we carry forward, uh, lessons learned, uh, significant things that played key roles, you know, things that were difference-making. And and when we apply that to our individual lives and we apply that to, you know, our faith and what has been transpiring down through the years of, of uh, whatever faith we may be a part of, sometimes, you know, th- those historical events that become real traditions are held in high esteem and, and great sacredness. And others, you know, are just flat out just dumb that we still pack that around and right. trying to figure out where we draw the lines at. And this is where, you know, a lot of times, you know, uh, the, the major leaders of our faiths have uh, helped create clarity in, in what should be carried forward and what should be just left as a piece of history. So there's there's actually a statement in Judaism, I believe in the Talmud, that those who do not mourn for the temple will not rejoice in its rebuilding. There's the idea of, well, if it's not important to you now when it's when it's gone, then it's not going to be important to you later when it's there. 
but this very issue, actually, I, I think even finds its roots in, in the Bible. So in Zechariah chapter 8, uh, we have, thus says the Lord, the fast of the fourth, that's the fourth month of the Hebrew calendar, the fast of Tammuz, which is three weeks before the ninth of Av. Then it says, and the fast of the fifth, which is the fast of the ninth of Av, the fast of the seventh, Yom Kippur, and the fast of the tenth, uh, the fast of Tevet. Uh, won't go through all of these, what they mean. But uh, the main thing is it then says, will be to the house of Judah seasons of joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. And the idea is that these days of mourning, and particularly when you think about the ninth of Av, these days of mourning, of fasting, are going to become actual feast days, days of celebration when the temples were rebuilt, when the redemption is final. And there's a debate even now uh, among uh, many Jews, you know, hey, you know, we talk about, we, we sit there and we read Lamentations and we read about Jerusalem being in utter destruction, but yet we've had a return of the Jewish people to Israel of really biblical proportions. And now just about half of the Jewish population of the world lives in Israel and it's only growing. And then you look around Jerusalem as you're reading this uh, book of Lamentations and you're seeing a Jerusalem very much rebuilt and continuing to be rebuilt. So there's this ongoing debate, you know, hey, you know, at, at what point does it become a, a day of rejoicing? Now, I would say it, you know, although there's a lot to celebrate, Jerusalem definitely is being rebuilt, as, as you well know, Dave. We're not there yet. The Temple Mount remains very much in Muslim hands. Uh, Jews and Christians, by the way, are very much restricted in their access to it. They're not allowed to pray there for, for fear of offending Muslim sensibilities. And we have a world that largely does not recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital that continually wants to divide it, which is kind of ironic because the root word of Jerusalem is shalem or shalom, which doesn't just mean peace, but it means wholeness. So you have really the city of completeness that the world wants to divide. You have Palestinians who continue to want to choose violence over the path of peace. So uh, my feeling is, yes, we're definitely seeing this, uh, what some people call the birth pangs of the Messiah or the, you know, the footsteps of the Messiah, the, the beginning of the redemption, but we're, we're not there yet. Yeah. Let's talk for a few minutes about what are some of the specifics that are connected with the ninth of Av, some of these tragedies. So. So it starts, and for our listeners, uh, if if you were uplifted by this this joyful show, <laughs> we're going to in a couple of weeks uh, be doing a show about Joshua and Caleb and the spies, and it actually all starts here because if you do the math, uh, the spies they they're sent out the twelve spies to scout out the land. And they come back, and except for Joshua and Caleb, they give an evil report, and the people are, you know, they're upset. They want to return to Egypt, and that's why they wandered the desert for 40 years instead of going right into the land of Israel then. If you do the math, the that happened on the eve of the ninth day of Av. So it all kind of begins there. And in fact, it says uh, right there in the Torah, it says, and the people wept all night. And there's this idea in the Jewish sources of, well, yeah, they wept when they didn't have a reason to, to weep. And unfortunately, then they were given other reasons to weep uh, in future years. So in 587, before the Common Era, as Christians say before Christ, uh, the first temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. Then the second temple is destroyed by the Romans, uh, also on the 9th of Av. We have then, uh, there's a revolt after the temple is destroyed. Uh, there's what's called the Bar Kokhba revolt. And this is like the last gasp before the Jews are utterly 
taken out of power and essentially exiled. Uh, that happens in the year 135. The Romans crush the what's called the Bar Kokhba revolt in Betar, which is about 10 minutes from where I live, uh, killing over 500,000 Jews. That happens on the 9th of Av. The Roman commander Trinus Rufus plows the side of the temple over on the 9th of Av. Uh, that's in biblical times. Then we, we go after that. The year 1290, the Jews are expelled from England on the 9th of Av. They're expelled France in 1306 on the 10th of Av. The 7th of Av, they're expelled from Spain in 1492. German enters World War II on the 9th of Av in 1914, which causes massive upheaval among European Jews and ultimately leads to the Holocaust. The 9th of Av, 1941, uh, Nazi commander Heinrich Himmler receives approval from the Nazi party for what comes to be the final solution, uh, which is the Holocaust. The 9th of Av, 19. 42 is the deportation of Jews from the Warsaw Ghetto to Treblinka concentration camp. The 10th of Av, 1994, terrorist bombing of the Jewish community center in Buenos Aires, which kills 85, injuring 300. You know, the list goes on. Yeah. And, and I would say just this year, just before the 9th of Av, we had a murder uh, actually right outside my community. Uh, Palestinians murdered a young man, 18 years old. Everyone says just absolute heart of gold. He was returning from Jerusalem. He had bought books as presents for his teachers and was returning with those books and was stabbed to death just before the 9th of Av. So we, we, we see these things even in, in, in modern times, but there are so many calamities that happen either on the 9th of Av or very near the 9th of Av throughout history that it's, it's hard at some point to just chalk it all up to coincidence. Absolutely. So it's got to give a, a real cringe factor that takes place in the heart and minds of so many Jews going, oh, man, what, what what's going to happen this year on the 9th? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there, d- definitely. You, you try not to think about that too much, but but definitely there's this that, that feeling. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but it, it, there definitely is that feeling. Now, again, there is this feeling like, as I said, coming from Zechariah, this ultimately will be a day of rejoicing. But we're and we're in that process now as we're seeing the rebuilding of the state of Israel in our times and the return of the Jewish people from exile in our times. But we're 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 just unfortunately not quite there yet. So Tishba Av really is that time that really is provided for heartfelt grief over the loss of Jerusalem, the temple, Zion, if you will. And also just acknowledging, you know, our, our human condition where it breaks our heart. Uh, things that we remember that are very sad and were very tragic and very disheartening and, and all of that, that that really moves us into this very contemplative, um, soul-searching period that's not just a, a day, even though it's marked out as that day, but it, moving into a season that is very internalized, you know, you, you really are taking a big, intentional, deep look. There's sorrow over things that have happened, and what about my own life? It starts to become very personal, and what are some of those things that I really need to come to terms with as I search my own soul, and does that involve, you know, con- confession of my sin, um, going to somebody and and apologizing or seeking forgiveness and making things right, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, let's talk a little bit more personal about this, uh, because for that, for that one who's really observing this, what what are some of those very intentional, personalized uh, 
ingredients for that particular day and and as you move into the season? So, you know, that kind of personal introspection and what have I done right? What have I done wrong? How can I make things right with my neighbor? I I would say could and should happen really at any time. But in terms of real focus on it, uh, that's really Rosh Hashanah and especially Yom Kippur. There's a lot of focus on that. Tisha B'Av, I think, is more of a communal uh, focus. Now, there is this idea during Tisha B'Av of, hey, of all times of year, this is not the time to be speaking ill of other people. It actually says in the Talmud, you know, the first temple was destroyed because of immorality. Uh, you know, just people were immoral in all sorts of ways, and they were exiled for 70 years. The second temple was destroyed because of what's in Hebrew called sinat chinam, which is baseless hatred. Just people hated other people for no reason. They just held grudges against them and so forth. And for that, the exile lasted quite a lot longer. And, you know, we're, we're still not, as I said several times, we're still not there yet. So there is that component of it of, you know, why was the temple destroyed? The temple was destroyed for our own sins. And therefore, it's only through our own actions that we, we can bring it back, that we, we need to make right uh, what, what went wrong. So there's very much of that component of it. But I think there's also, I would say the main part of it is, is this communal component. It's, you know, what are we doing, Jews, as a community? How have we, uh, how have we as a community uh, gelled together? You know, do we exclude groups? Are we, are we being inclusive? All of those kinds of things. I had a, I, I will tell you, I had a real sense this year, by the way, when, when you read Lamentations in the Synagogue, as a sign of mourning, you sit either on a low stool or on, or on the floor. It, it, it's a very, uh, it's a very heavy moment. And I had this moment, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm reading through and hearing read uh, the book of Lamentations and all of these really morbid descriptions about how Jerusalem is completely destroyed. And, I just had this moment where I realized, you know, I'm sitting here on the floor, <laughs> really about 10 miles from Jerusalem, that right now looks nothing like this, that, I, you know, I'm so privileged to be living in this time where we've come back to the land and we, we're actually reversing what's in the Book of Lamentations and we're rebuilding. But with that, it's not just a privilege, that it's an incredible responsibility now to do the right thing, to act properly, to do what God wants us to do, um, you know, not to screw it up, essentially. Doesn't Jeremiah talk about this whole piece uh, in, I think, around chapter 30, 31? He, he really talks about, you know, Rachel crying over her children and some of the right. destruction that's gone on. And I think probably by this time, uh, you know, Nebuchadnezzar has uh, has swept down and taken much captive, uh, many of the Jews back to Babylon. Uh, it's a very sad time, very difficult time. But he also speaks, as, as you're talking about, that there is a time of rejoicing that's going to come. So we have this time of loss and destruction and really some of the consequences of our own sinfulness that we're now paying a price for that has led to some of the tragic stuff, you know, and and just as you mentioned, you know, Yom Kippur, time of, you know, introspection and a lot of those kind of things and, and repentance and those kind of things, Yom Kippur doesn't have the tragedy connected to it like, like Tisha B'Av. Right. But this is one of those pieces that, is really talked about in the Hebrew scriptures that a lot of people miss what's actually being talked about. But it's this very day, it's this very thing of recalling 
these dramatic tragedies, some that were we had nothing to do with, others that were totally a result of bringing it on ourselves. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, one thing I want to make sure before we do run out of time is that we get to what you talked about toward the beginning of the show, which is the Christian dimension of this, which you wouldn't think there's a Christian dimension of this, but there is certainly in the sense of Christians have a stake in what's going on in Israel and the return of the Jewish people, etc. But there's now, this is for the first time this year, this past Tisha B'Av, a week ago, there's a man named Bob O'Dell, who we've had his uh, Jewish partner. They have a program called Root Source, and we've had his Jewish partner, Gidon Ariel, on the show, and we hope to have Bob on the show uh, in the future. He led a multi-denominal Christian delegation, about 100 Christians, came to Israel to commemorate Tisha B'Av, which you think, you know, what are Christians doing commemorating Tisha B'Av? And very interesting, he kind of had his own awakening, and he said, and we, we've talked about this a lot on the show, uh, many Christians are not aware of the long history of Christian persecution of Jews throughout the centuries. And his idea of a Christian connection to Tisha B'Av is to acknowledge this persecution, pray for forgiveness. He actually just published, and, and this sounds like uh, almost like it would be more of a downer than Book of Lamentations, but a 500-page book called The List, <laughs> Persecution of Jews by Christians throughout history. Uh, and there's an accompanying book, 40 Days of Repentance, Companion Guide to the List. Um, but he, I love the way that he, you describe that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he says that the, the, the 40 Days of Repentance book, uh, quote, helps Christians to process the truth, and it helps suggest how we turn to God in prayer, uh, and then how to resolve to make a difference in the world through knowing the truth. So I, I personally, as a Jew, find this fascinating that, and I think that this, it's a small movement now, 100 Christians came, but this is only going to grow. Uh, that you now have Christians saying, "Hey, you know, we're 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 part of this process of, uh, uh, you know, first of all, all the tragedy that's happened, and now this process of redemption, we're part of that too." I think one of the things that's happening these days, Harold, more and more among Christians, is the the educational portion of the history of Christianity and some of the detrimental things definitely that have been done by Christians towards the Jewish people. And I think you're 100% right. I think Bob is very much onto something, and that is our brokenness over how we treated these people of God, the apple of God's eye, and, and that there needs to be this uh, confession and uh, and repentance o- over that, even though we, we personally may not have even lived during the, some of those days, but nevertheless— um, that part of our history that really is a blight. And, and, and we have growing anti-Semitism like crazy. It's almost like 1939 is back among us. So it's, it behooves us to really pay attention to our past in those terms and, and once again carry forward those things that we need to be carrying forward. And I think it's got some huge legitimacy to it. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. So this pretty happens. much, I know this puts this program in the books. However, uh, Harold and I, we, we so appreciate any of our listeners who take the time to contact us, which is a very easy and simple way to do that, the teacher and the preacher at gmail.com. You can also go to our Facebook page, the teacher and the preacher. Harold does a phenomenal job on keeping us up to speed with facts of the day. Check out our website, teacherandthepreacher.com. It's a wonderful way to find out about the teacher and the preacher, Harold and I. And it's a very simple way for us to uh, appreciate you standing with us and donating to keep us on the air. So, Harold, great to be with you this weekend. And until next week, may the God of Israel who never slumbers or sleeps, may he watch over Israel and all of our Jewish friends. And may that same God 
Bless America. Amen. The teacher and the preacher will be back next Sunday for another discussion on how Christians and Jews can come to once again proclaim that the United States is truly a Judeo-Christian nation. To contact the teacher and the preacher, email them at theteacherandthepreacher at gmail.com. That's theteacherandthepreacher at gmail.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and give you shalom. Shalom.